When I was young, I just read the Bible. And I read the lives of a lot of great Christians. And I was kind of like, well, duh. You know, if this person is addicted to this or that or insane or suicidal or cutting themselves, the devil's in the mix. So I'm going to go and I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, God, you need to go to war. And I just in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to intervene, Father, and rescue this person from that. I'm not like, yeah, I wonder what meds they need. We ought to send them to a good unsaved psychotherapist. Maybe they need electroshock therapy or maybe they need a lobotomy or who knows what. No, I'm going to, what would Jesus say? You know, well, I've got a psychological problem where I, I swear at random and fly off the handle and attack people and, you know, try to bite their noses off, you know, or whatever. It's like demonic. God, rescue them. I hate myself and I will cut myself and I'm trying to kill myself. What happens when you run across those people in the New Testament? It's a demonic problem. Now, it is, it's not just they, all, they cooperated with it. They're believing lies. They're, they're submitting their will. And again, it's a whole subject that you have to learn about. But th there's this universe, like Martin Luther's famous hymn, Though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us. That, that's how people see it if they just read the Bible. So when I was young, I just read the Bible. Um, I was just super naive. And uh, we went to Russia before I, I'd been to Bible college, but I hadn't gone really deep into theology and had the belief pounded out of me. And so when I would uh, hit a crisis or somebody who had a big issue, moral issue, psychological issue, oh, this is demonic. I want to learn how to deal with it. And I just saw a lot of amazing, super cool stuff. And I still see amazing, super cool stuff in this church. But God is like, Ted, you've gone fuzzy. Now, you can get weird, and Christianity isn't just about demon hunting. But we're in a war, and that's the other side. So it shouldn't be a weird thing to talk about. We have to make sure that we're always going back to Scripture when we think about it when we deal with it, when we come up with our strategies, because there's a bunch of goofballs out there that are coming up with new revelation and new strategies. So do the hard work and actually find out who the enemy is, how to fight the enemy, how to beat the enemy. So this is kind of interesting. God's like, Tad, get back to the mind of Christ. You're in an age of doubt. You're in an age of faithlessness, even in the church. Beyond salvation, in the church, the gospel, even the Bible preaching church, there's almost no faith anywhere. There's almost no one believing God for anything right now in the church. Provision, guidance, protection, nothing. It's just, you get saved by faith and then kind of good luck. You know, I'll see you in heaven. Whereas in the Bible, it's like, no, do you, do you know what I was thinking? I was meditating on this. Do you know what faith is? Faith is seeing things exactly like Jesus does. So there's one time where Jesus' disciples were trying to say, uh, deliver a boy who had suicidal issues, psychological issues. He, he would fly into uh, convulsions, and so he had, even had physical issues. The disciples couldn't help him, and they said, Jesus, what's the problem? This is in Matthew 17 and Mark 9. And Jesus said, you guys do not have the faith necessary for this job. And what he was saying is, dude, you're not seeing the situation like I'm seeing the situation. And he said, bring the kid to me. Takes care of it. 
What's the message there? If you don't see things like Jesus sees things, don't be surprised if you got no miracles to talk about. So when I was young, I saw some super cool things. And when I got back from Russia, I've told you this story before. I wanted to teach all the kids in the junior high group that I was leading about spiritual warfare. So I, I bought a couple like monster masks and uh, I was teaching in front of the class. And I said, now pretend I'm continuing to teach. And then I put this mask on and I'm now I'm going to act like a demon. And I went around the room and I'm like telling them like critical spirit or I'm telling someone that they're worthless or that they can't understand spiritual things or trying to distract them. You know, I didn't do this, but I mean, I could have used lustful thoughts or guilt or condemnation or whatever. I said, there are spirits doing this in our lives all the time. We have to learn to beat them. We have to learn to out-chess them, outplay them, um, because it, it is, it's a war. So after that teaching, I think it was exactly that teaching, that's when this little girl goes up to Susan and she said, I have stuff going on in my head, in my life that is off the hook. And I think what he's talking about is the problem. And they'd taken her to specialists and counselors and therapists. And silly, naive me who had just read the Bible and thought maybe we should agree with Jesus. I was 23, maybe 24, maybe. No, it's 24 because we were married. So she tells me what's going on. I'm like, oh, that's the devil. He's believing lies. And uh, I'm going to show you what lies he's believing. So uh, you see how you're believing this? This is what the Bible says. So you need to decide right now whether you're going to continue believing that, because that's what's making you... And the little girl was psychotic. She was losing her mind. And she's a pathetic, tiny, little 13-year-old thing, but she was losing her mind. And I said, you're believing lies, and that's making you act in destructive ways. So what you need to do is you need to repent and tell God, God, I'm sorry for believing this lie. I'm going to choose to believe the truth. And then go ahead and just tell the devil to get the... I didn't tell, say a naughty word. Get out of here. You could say hell. I mean, he's from hell, but whatever. And she did, and she was fixed, because I was just so naive to believe that, hey, we're in a spiritual battle, and these kind of issues, suicidal issues, self-destructive issues, out-of-control sin issues, compulsions, addictions, they're fueled by hell. Now, can you light the person up on a CAT scan? Well, duh. Does it involve chemical processes? Yeah. Everything we do does. Everything we do is physiological and involves chemical processes. Is that the end of the story? No, because we're attached to the, we're connected to the spiritual realm. And, and the world is just studying the physical realm and has no clue what's going on in the spiritual realm. Jesus says, hey, I'll teach you how to deal with things in the spiritual realm, and that'll take care of things on the physical realm. So I've been going, wow, God, I'm sorry. I've gotten fuzzy in the head. Um, I am not praying for people in terms of these people that I'm praying for their salvation, they're in bondage. They're in chains. They're enslaved. They're not having fun. They may tell me they're having fun and then cry all the way home. I had somebody do that. Somebody did that the other day. They're like, I've never been happier in my life. And I said, well, a friend of mine just told me that you texted him and you were crying all Saturday morning. What's that about, Miss Happy, happier than I've ever been? You're lying. Stop lying. You're not happy. God wants to set us free so we can't have peace. We can't have joy, but we got to see things the way he sees them. And we have to be in this battle. So we didn't have a testimony this morning. And the clock isn't working, so I have no idea what time it actually is. And could someone tell me what time it is real quick? Oh, okay, good. We're good. 
Uh, so God said, by the way, so get back to this simple way of doing things. And I could tell you all kinds of stories all morning long about when I used to see things differently. And I know there's a bunch of whack jobs out there that talk about the demonic and yell at the demonic and they don't know what they're doing. And they're actually setting themselves up for trouble. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about there's a way to do it that is right and good. And how do you know you're doing it right? You're getting great results. That's how do you know a good doctor? Getting good results. How do you know a good mechanic? People's cars are running like Swiss watches, right? So if somebody's getting this right, they're getting good results. They're walking people out of crazy. They're walking broken people, suicidal people. They're not on their meds anymore. They're helping them to find the light, find the truth. So um, what was I just about to shift into there? Oh, so God's like, get back to simple. Get back to the mind of Christ. Frame out the universe the way Jesus did and go to war. It's not a bunch of nice people that need to be nicer. Maybe they just need to be left alone because they're all so nice. No, it's a world that's under the power of the evil one. Jesus came, dealt the death blow to Satan in his kingdom, and now we go around and enforce it, and we set people free. And you know you're doing it right because they're free. How do you know if someone's free? Because I know what it's like to be in bondage, and I know what it's like to be free. And so do some of you guys. And free is really nice. It's nice not to have voices in my head or have compulsions or be driven to sins that I can't control. It's really nice. So uh, this week, I got a kind of a cool phone call, and I'm not going to go into a ton of details, but a couple that's a missionary couple said, uh, we're going to go to the mission field, and we'd like to have you and Susan over because you've been a big encouragement to us. And I was like, I don't even know you, so I don't know how we're such an encouragement to you. But the one thing that, that I do know, and some of you know this from looking at the group me. They had a baby that uh, she, we were at a corporate prayer thing and she was in my group and she heard the way I prayed, which most people don't expect anything from God when they pray. Most people pray, hey, my child has cancer. Lord, if it be your will, heal my child. That's not the way we pray. It's not the way Jesus prays. Jesus heals kids as a rule. So we should expect the kid to be healed if we're going to pray for it. So she heard me pray in this little prayer group and she said, well, my baby has half a heart. And I'd like to bring them to your prayer group because your church prays different. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I mean, I like to pray that way, but holy cow, you know, to put, you know, put it to the test. So she brings her baby to our prayer group and we pray over the baby. And uh, this was a couple years ago. Uh, little guy's just fine. Fat, little chubby, toe headed, blue eyed boy running around the house laughing at everything. And his heart is in the range of normal in terms of its pumping. I don't understand at all. I just know that that's what we expected. That's what happened. That's all I know about this couple. They said we'd like to have you over for dinner. So I talked a little bit to her, not at all to him. I said, Hey, tell me your story. So God's just getting my mind back into this cosmic battle, the spiritual powers, all that. Tell me your story. He said, well, I was just kind of wild, crazy party, college dude, went to state university in another state, liked to drink, likes to chase girls, got graduated, started making money. I'm in the financial world and uh, me and all my buddies go off to uh, Airbnb just for, you know, buddy weekend, whatever. Happens to have a lot of weird spiritual stuff around the house, like new agey stuff. And it had a chant room where it's like, we don't know what this is, but I guess you go in there and you yell or something. Said, hey, I'll give it a try. Totally lost guy. Goes in this room. He starts yelling. 
And he says, evil forces started like speaking through him. He started speaking in tongues, he's in other languages. He started just evil presences. This is just average Joe off the street. He wasn't looking, he wasn't playing with tarot cards or whatever. He was just crazy party man that kind of slipped into the wrong spiritual environment. And all of a sudden he's like, holy, what in the world? Evil powers taking me over. What's going on here? And so he tells, well, that's kind of where it started for me. Then he figured out what they were. He figured out what the gospel was. He surrendered his life completely to Jesus. And then he said, what should I do now? Well, what else would there be to live for? If these forces are real and they are have people in bondage, most people don't even know about it. The solutions that they're using are futile and worthless. The religions that they're going to have no answers for them. He said, and I found the answer. He said, I'm going to get a one-way ticket to a hardcore Muslim country and go preach Jesus. And so that's how he got into missions. And now here's a little side sermon. Now, you know that if you sell out to Jesus, there's no way you're going to find a cool spouse, right? Because God's going to make you go die on some lonely island or have you marry someone you don't even like, right? Well, no, because there's some other fired up, really cool girl that says, hey, if this is for real, then I'm going to go to some really hard place and preach the gospel. And just like my little pop fly analogy, he's going, I'm chasing God. She says, I'm chasing God and smacked right into each other. And so now they're about the, you know, one of the coolest young couples I've met in, you know, recent years on fire for Jesus. They got all these stories. They're telling us stories about says the church doesn't even believe in this stuff. And they're educated. They're college educated. They're, they're not, you know, they didn't come in from Bango, Bango Island. They, you know, and he said, we've seen, we've seen mute people speak. We've seen deaf people hear. He said, we, and, and, and again, I think they don't even understand a lot of it. It's like, we've seen it. We, we know that this is for real. And if we have a message that liberates people and we have a gospel that sets people free, what else is there to live for? And so for me, as God's speaking this to me, he's like, now, remember when you used to think like that? It really was kind of like a smack. I was like, well, theoretically, I thought like that. I would even teach lessons like that. Because like, yeah, but you're not sold out to it. You're not sold out to it. And this is what I feel like God's challenging me with. And I'm going there. And if you guys, if you want to come, it'll be a lot more fun. And I hope you do. But I want to go, I want to get on God's crazy train. I want to sell out and I want to have the mind of Christ across the board. And if Jesus Christ, the son of God, God incarnate, says that we live in a world that is ruled by an evil force and a host of evil spiritual powers, and we can set people free with this message. And not just for eternity, we can set them free in every area of their life. What else is there? You know, it makes the American dream look like nothing. That's why people are like, I'll sell everything I have. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, too, because I do get to be a part of seeing life change. And when I say God's rebuking me, it's not because I'm doing nothing and I've never done anything and I've never seen anything. Because even as I look around this room, man, there's so many miracles, deliverance from satanic bondage into freedom. But even I think in some of those situations, I wasn't even thinking all that clearly. Um, 
And God's like, no, think clearly, pray clearly, learn how to walk in the authority that I've given you and set people free. So uh, let's see here. What else do I have? Oh, Ephesians 6. So how did the rest of the apostles view the universe? This is Paul, clearly the most important theologian after Jesus, period. There's no more important religious thinker ever than the apostle Paul. How does he frame out the universe? Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your problem is not your mother, your mother-in-law, your father, your brother, your sister, your employer. Your big problem is there are invisible spiritual forces that are running the show. So Paul says your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against those rulers, those powers, those world forces of darkness against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Personal, not physical beings that are evil, that are intent on destroying people's lives, who have strategies, who have the majority of the planet, but we have the message to set them free. A lot of people in this town who say they believe the Bible and they love Jesus and they would love to see people come into the kingdom would be squirming at this sermon. It's a nice little rhyme there, right? I'm just telling you, what does the Bible say? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Well, it was in the first century, but we've grown, we're enlightened now. And that's why we do it so much better, right? That's why we're so much more effective than Jesus and his apostles were. And all those crazies in history that kind of pick up this really naive worldview, no, the Bible says the world has no access to it. It is given to us by the Holy Spirit. The world can't know it. So, of course, they're going to say you're crazy. You don't talk to your unsaved mom about the demonic bondage that your roommate is under. She has no categories for such things. This is, this is insider family talk. The Bible says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. We get access to the mind of God when we're born again. That's why we get to see the universe differently. So the Apostle Paul says this. Jesus says this. Paul says some things in 1 Corinthians. A natural man, that's an unsaved person, doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. They're crazy. You're crazy. He can't understand them. They're spiritually discerned. It takes the Holy Spirit. It takes regeneration. It takes a change of heart. He who is spiritual, that's a person who's in the Word of God and they're led by the Spirit of God, can discern everything. You can make sense of every situation that you see around you when you start to develop the mind of Christ. But then it says, but he's not discerned by anyone. There's no one on the earth that understands them. That's why Jesus, they thought Jesus was crazy. That's why they thought the Apostle Paul was crazy. Because we need to develop the mind of Christ. And when we do, we're like, wow, we're in a war. We're freedom fighters. Let's get busy. And there's nothing better than being a part of seeing people delivered. And I mean, I don't mean halfway delivered and limping along and needing their meds and kind of dragging their legs and bleeding out and just hoping to get down. I mean, clean, free, clear, suicidal person, no longer suicidal. The meth addict, no longer a meth addict. Anxiety, gone. Depression, gone. 
because God gave us the tools and God showed us how to win these battles. Now, just because you're all of a sudden like, okay, this is true, doesn't mean you'll be of any use in this battle right now. Because now what you need to do is you need to take years and figure out how it works. That's why we study the Bible and that's why we pray. But the first thing you need to do is get that fire lit in you and say, God, I want to be a part of this. I want to be somebody that sees people set free. I want to be someone like David Wilkerson, you know, who walks into the gang situation in New York City in the 1950s. That was just a total madhouse. And the power of God just transforms lives. I want to be someone like Amy Carmichael who can go into India that is like overrun by demons for millennia and is rescuing these little girls from temple service and prostitution and un this unstoppable force for God. I want to be someone like that, even if I never get a book written about me. I want to be somebody who can save my suicidal roommate who is depressed and there's no, been no answers for. I want to be the one, not so I can get glory, so God can get glory, but he invites me to partner with him. So what else it says in 1 Corinthians? Let no man deceive himself. So you're deceived if you don't think this way. If any of you thinks you're really smart in this age, you better become a fool. Oh, you think you're a psychological expert because you got a PhD? You better cash that thing in and say, I'm, it's on the altar, Jesus. I may be a bumbling idiot, total moron. I know nothing. Teach me how it really works. If anyone thinks they're wise in this age, become a fool so you can become wise. The wisdom of this world, foolishness of God. If it was unregenerate people that taught you how to heal the soul, it ain't a solution. It doesn't mean it's all lies. I mean, you can observe things and learn things and, you know, you can pick up two plus two equals four. But in terms of the deep healing that people need in their soul, that is only, that only belongs to God's born again children who have put in the time and learned how to do it and who have really striven to develop the mind of Christ. It is written, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasons of the wise that they are useless. Okay. So why am I preaching on this? Because I've been obsessed with it for about the last week and a half or so. And God is challenging me. I tell you guys that God regularly challenges me about every six months with something that's so big that I oftentimes I'm like, how are you even using me? This is so huge. How, if I was really lost my way, a little bit fuzzy on it, then how about how, how did all these incredible salvations happen in the last, you know, few months in this church? It's not that you didn't know anything, you couldn't do anything, but for the rest of your life, God's going to be pulling out these huge, huge correctives and pieces. And sometimes he'll say, you used to know this and you've gone fuzzy on it, refresh it. And hit the refresh button here. I mean, get clarity again. So the first thing about the mind of Christ, and I don't know, Susan's like, turn that into a series. Let's turn that into a series. Maybe I will. But um, God's saying, hey, step back and see the whole universe, the battle, the way it is. The vast majority of humanity is enslaved in a prison camp. That's why they're miserable. You've been liberated. You have the answer. Go into that darkness. Pillage Satan's house. If that sounds terrifying to you, it's just because you don't know how to do it. Because it's, I can't, there's very, there's almost nothing except the direct presence of God that will bring you more joy than being the individual that God 
that allows to go into the situation and bring somebody out. There's such joy. Another thing, some of you guys, and you say, well, I'm born again, so what he's saying couldn't be demonic. Yes, it is. The devil will afflict you as a born-again Christian just as readily as it'll afflict a not born-again person. And one of the lies that keeps you from getting help is somehow thinking you're bulletproof. If you're having, you know, compulsions and voices in your head and thoughts and, you know, thoughts of suicide or whatever, um, I, I just want to, you're not weird, you're normal. Why? Because you're living in a prison camp that where, where demonic powers are always working in people's hearts and minds like that, and you can be free. And don't run out the back door and think you're the only one. I guarantee you, I've already heard a hundred times the same and worse because there's nothing that we struggle with that isn't common. But if you're, if you're being oppressed, I don't mean to like freak you out, but I just, I've had people come up to me. This was like 10 years ago. He's like, uh, this, this guy, pastor, you may not, you may think this is really weird, but something throws me around my apartment. Uh, and I can't really tell anyone about it because the dude was a professional counselor. He said, something physically is throwing me around my apartment. I'm like, oh, that's demonic. Let's talk about it. We can beat that thing. Really? This isn't crazy? I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to like, I don't know, glamorize it or anything. This is reality. This is the world we live in. Our Jesus is nuts. Let's throw our Bibles away and become atheists or let's do this stuff. So I just feel like God's saying, Ted, get on the crazy train. At least what, that's what the world is going to say. What's God going to say? Ted, get off the crazy train. Because everything in every category that you don't think just like Jesus, you're the one who's insane. So I'm like, at this point in my life, today's my birthday, happy birthday. What, what's my present? I want the mind of Christ. If everybody hates me, I don't care. Because if this is true, I want to go the distance. And I'm not even going to say if it's not, because I'm selling out. It's true. And I'm going to go for it. That's what I want to do. And I want God to help me get there. So I hope this was encouraging to you. Uh, probably unsettling. Probably if you guys need to talk about it, come talk to me. Some of you guys are being oppressed and afflicted right now. Get help. You don't need to go another day like that. There are solutions. And people that know how to do it can get you out. But this is the world we live in. And uh, let's pray. You know, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. And I hope you'll join me. Because it's fun when we're living in that place of clarity. So let me pray. Father, thank you that Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He said, you've hidden yourself from the wise and intelligent. You revealed yourself to babies. And you said, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Lord God, you invite us to see the truth. Um, but we have to come through you. I want the mind of Christ. I want it more than anything. I would give everything, Lord God, that I possess. Father, I want the mind of Christ. And I know there's people in this room that want the same thing because we love seeing your ways, your glory, your goodness overwhelm people's lives. So I just pray you would do that work in us, change us, make us hungry for your word. Um, anyone who's stuck, I just pray they'd reach out for help. And we just have more stories of your glory, Lord God. So we love you. Thank you for this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.